and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 132. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are finishing out Enterprise's second season with the episodes Bounty and The Expanse. Here we go. Bounty, Season 2, Episode 25, Production Number 225. Original air date, May 14th, 2003. Directed by Roxanne Dawson. Story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Teleplay by Hans Tobiasen, Mike Sussman, and Phyllis Strong. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Jordan Lund as Scalar, Robert O'Reilly as Kago Dar, Ed O'Ross as Gavrin, Michael Garvey as Klingon Captain Garoth, and Louis Ortiz as Klingon Warrior. <laughs> The crew of the Enterprise encounters Scalar, a Tellurite who abruptly offers to give them a tour of a nearby planet. Unfortunately, Scalar is actually a bounty hunter who kidnaps Captain Archer and plans to return him over to the Klingons for payment. The Klingons have apparently placed a substantial price on Archer's head since he escaped from Ruripente. Archer soon learns that Scalar plans on using the reward to buy back his previous ship. My crew's not going to give up until they find me. If you take me back, I'd be willing to forget this ever happened. You can either be quiet or spend the rest of this trip unconscious. Which do you prefer? Bounty. Um, the one thing I always remember, I always wondered about after this episode is, do you th- does does Flox does he like save samples of different diseases and things? You know, like like the way this the CDC here in uh, has like. I don't know, the measles on file, basically, right? Hmm. Because I think in this one instance, (laughs) that would be very handy. (laughs) I think it... (laughs) Are you calling Phlox Bill Cosby? What? Are you trying to say Phlox? Oh my gosh, not going there. Not going there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a totally different thing. No. Um, No, but I do remember... I do remember, like, prevent, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the trailer for this episode didn't like you? Know, you and you remember like the next gen uh, DS, like the I don't know if it's the same guy, but that's similar. All those the trailers they always had the same like cheesy narrator. Next time on the yeah, episode, yeah. I swear I remember hearing him say, "Next time on Enterprise, Paul in heat." <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he said. I think he actually used those words. Maybe I'm wrong. Just look it up. But I'm pretty sure that he actually said that. And I just remember feeling, I guess, I guess I felt a little ashamed, maybe, mm. from that whole storyline as a Star Trek fan. And I'm not even. And maybe I was way too hard on it at the time. Watching it now, it's it it's it seemed a lot less bad and in your face and and uh pandering and you know then i felt at the time you know maybe with the exception of her line to read about how long has it been since you made it It sounds like she's in high school or something right um with the exception of that for the most part it came off not as bad as i felt at the time so maybe i was too hard on it i don't know but uh there's no question you know, I mean, it's not like this is unprecedented. Um, I mean, look at Seven of Nine on Voyager. You know, if if T'Pol, if that character is a direct response to the popularity of Seven, um, 
this is just the next logical step, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, and, I, and and the weird thing is that it's the B storyline, but it's God. Well, I didn't, the, a. the whole thing with the Tellarite, the bounty hunter, and the cling. I didn't remember that at all. But I sure remember the B storyline. <laughs> Love it or hate it, I remembered that storyline. So you know. I mean, am I was I too hard on it at the time? Should I be more hard on it now? You know, is it is it kind of in is there is it in good fun or is it just I don't know. What do you you know, what do you guys think? I see what you're I see exactly what you're saying. I've kinda I've noticed this throughout um Enterprise. They kinda I mean they use DePaul. She's a very attractive woman and they use her they use that in this show. I mean, they really started doing it in Voyager with seven and nine. You mentioned that earlier. Um I don't know if I felt as strongly about it as you. I mean, just because it's her and Phlox, they've, um, you know, they've, they've done the, um, you know, the, the Pumfire with, um, Pumfire with um, other Vulcans, obviously Spock. Um, they did it with Tuvok. So I don't think it was completely out of bounds or off, off script. I mean, you know, there was precedence for exploring the subject. So, and I think it was, it, it wasn't in a distasteful way. It was Phlox. He was a gentleman, um, nobody, you know, and she managed to get through it without having to, you know, do the deed. So I, I wasn't like offended by the whole thing or anything. It's, if anything, it's kind of comical, but not necessarily in a good way. It's kind of silly at times, but it's so, it's so obvious, um, they're, the, yeah. what they're doing. And that, that's, that, that's the term I was searching for myself earlier that I couldn't mm-hmm. put it obvious, I think is the right, you know what it is, like this, this, if I was watching this episode and my wife walked in, I would. I would kind of like bow my head a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it just, it's just, it doesn't bother me so much. It's just kind of stupid or something. And, and, uh, but I do, I, it did, it does bring out certain things. I, I guess it really got me thinking about how dumb the whole thing is with the, uh, decon chamber and rubbing gels on it. Cause I really started pondering like, how dumb is this? What are they, why rubbing gel on skin is supposed to get some kind of, contaminant you know out of your system i mean it's not i mean I was, I was, you know it's like they, they're saying you basically caught something that it, it wasn't that we can't filter out in some easy way so we're gonna rub stuff on us but only up to our underwear line <laughs> so dumb it's so dumb you know i get why they do it but if you, well, it doesn't they're hold just up hoping that the, that the little infectious bacteria are very modest and <laughs> stay out of that area yeah. yeah, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be better just to do like a, a shower where you're like showered down completely? Like a that's what I thought too. And, and in reality, if there was some kind of thing about your, your skin, like something like gets into your body by doing it, you would like drink something, get an injection, and then go under some kind of shower naked, yeah, and not with the group of people, you know, like by yourself in some stall, and that, that's it. But I, mean, I understand why that's not so interesting. So, you know, as a concept, the idea that that she would have to, that she would get prematurely um, pulled into Pon Far, and then she would have to use like all her uh, mental abilities to um, hold that off. That's I mean that's cool and that's good, but we don't really get shots of her, you know, really really fighting it mentally or trying to meditate. There's like one brief of those, but for the most for the most part, what we get are the the lines that are obviously intended to to be kind of funny and stuff like you have no idea what you're denying yourself or something <laughs> saying to flocks, right, you know? Right. right. Um, so 
I don't know. I think I, I do think I was too hard on it at the time, like I said. Um, but you know, again, this though this is the B the B story. Uh, were you guys like me? Was it was the B story the what you remembered? <laughs> yeah, yeah, more so yeah. than the A story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, plus well, another. I mean, it's not, this isn't a very good episode either way. So I mean, I guess we're kicking it. Um, but yeah, I didn't think it was a very good episode at all. The B story. I mean, the A story was it just was uninteresting. And by the end of the episode, when him and Archer are friends, I found it kind of unbelievable. I'd still want to beat his ass for kidnapping <laughs> me off my ship. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like yeah. friendly at the end. Right. Yeah. And it also just in general feels like kind of, re, you know, regurgitated stuff we've seen before. Like, let's yeah. mix up these different elements of the story and, you know, spit it out, like roll the dice of these plot components, you know, and put them together kind of thing. So, yeah. One thing I saw, I don't remember where, but in my research for this, somebody pointed out this in a way is the last episode of enterprise as it was originally conceived mm-hmm. or enterprise uh the show that was in the first two seasons because the next episode is the beginning of the season long story arc for season three the zindi arc and then season four is mostly those little those like three episode things you know and that are also a lot more overall that whole season references the original series a lot more um so in a way this is the final episode of old enterprise Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, and it's um, I don't know. It's telling that this isn't the greatest episode. Uh, you know, we're gonna do a quick recap for season two at the end of our show today. Um, but you know, this is an episode that uh, I don't know. It's cool that we could see the Tellerite. Haven't haven't seen the Tellerite mm-hmm. in decades. Yep. Yep. I like the kind of upgraded, like like most of the other stuff that Michael Westmore came up with for Enterprise, the kind of on the the upgraded makeups effects. Uh, I like it. You know, I think it's a cool modern take on the, some of that original stuff. Um, I like some of the effects work too. The that L class planet when they're first flying in, um, Archer in the Tellarite's vessel. That the clouds and stuff that's kind of cool. It's a little bit weird when they land to fix their ship. I mean, they look like it looks like they're on a I don't know, the meteor or something. It's with your comet or yeah. asteroid, or something. It's, that's a little bit weird. But when they're first flying into the planet, that's kind of neat. Um, I guess L class is you can breathe on it, guess so. Apparently. I remember I used to kind of know some of those. Um, it seems like L class is the closest one to M or whatever. But it is only one letter away. In the right. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but then we, well, since we knew M stood for Minshara, then it's like, well, it doesn't really have anything. It's not like some. It's, yeah. it's a word. It's not really a letter. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Um, it is funny, you know, if I if I allow myself to just be okay with the B storyline, you know, it, love it or hate it, you, you you will smile like when when T'Pol says, "You have the cure, Doctor. It's unethical for you to withhold." <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Um, and it, of course, it's funny to see Flocks uncomfortable in that situation. But like you said, Steve, it's it's so obvious um, that I don't know. And who knew Flox was kind of bashful? Yeah. 
It's funny though. It, we've seen that sort of thing from Fox before, but it it doesn't ter- seem terribly consistent with um, the way his species is, as far as mm-hmm. uh, you know, sex, for example. Um, the way he was so open in was that the first season with uh, uh, oh gosh, that in 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 was it Dear Doctor when he's sort of hinting at a possibly a little relationship with that one crew member. Cutler? Cutler, right, right. Um, you know, in, in which he seems so a lot more open and I don't know. Or the, or the time uh, that he's talking with um, Trip in a different episode. and, and he his seems wife. So, yeah, exactly. Talking in his wife. And he seems so open about sex. But here he seems, um, you know, like a guy at church on Sunday or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is funny. Um, so what do you guys have for what this arguably the final traditional episode of Enterprise is all about don't let a teller write on your ship and don't get in a decon chamber with a Vulcan that's what I got from this episode well <laughs> if I in that scenario I would, I would, I would agree with the first half <laughs> <laughs> and the second half I would say don't have Flox's moral code. <laughs> yeah. What if you were in there with Tuvok, huh? Uh, I said Vulcan. I mean, it could yeah, go. It could... I guess, but you know. I, uh, I'm just, I'm just joshing you, Brian. I, I, I know. Yeah. I don't really know myself if there's much to say about what it's about. I couldn't really come up with. Is that. there any connection between the A and the B stories? Um, no. Hmm. No. And the sad part about it, this this Klingon storyline is going to go on for the next two episodes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so not one of our favorite episodes, but do, we don't hate this episode, right? So this no, is no, not, no. It's, this is not it, precious cargo bad or something. No, no. I I mean, I'd watch it again. I mean, I mean, right. I mean come on. Jo- Jolene's a beautiful girl. It's not. It's it's. It's not hard to watch the episode, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that is that is all very true. Okay. So let's do six degrees for bounty. Um, Steve, you going first or second? I'll go first. Jordan Lund plays the Tellarite bounty hunter, Scalar, who seems to think it is worth it to trade Archer for a crappy old freighter. In Next Gen, he played the Klingon Cold... Kolge, 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 that challenged Galron's leadership in Redemption Part 2. In what season of Next Gen did this air? Redemption Part 2. Is that season 5? You are correct. Adam, Robert O'Reilly plays Kago Dar, the other bounty hunter. He's best known for playing Galron on Next Gen DS9, of course, but his first Trek appearance was as Scarface in what holodeck novel in Next Gen's second season episode, Manhunt? What was, this, what was the novel? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. You don't have to give me the exact novel, but, you know, the, the character of the novel. Oh, um... Oh, I'm going to hate myself in a second. Um... The Dixon novels. What was Dixon's last name? 
I barely got Dixon out, so I'm not going to remember right, his last name. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill. Okay. Right, right. All right, one to one. Moving on. The Expanse, Season 2, Episode 26, Production Number 226. Original air date, May 21st, 2003. Directed by Alan Croker, written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include John Fleck as Silic, Vaughn Armstrong as Admiral Forrest, Gary Graham as Ambassador Saval, Daniel Riordan as Duras, James Horan as Humanoid Figure, Bruce Wright as Dr. Ferrot, Dan Desmond as Klingon Chancellor, Josh Cruz as Captain Ramirez, David Figlioli as Klingon Crewman, L. Sidney as Klingon Crewman 2, and Gary Bullock as Klingon Council Member. April 2153, Enterprise is recalled to Earth by Admiral Forrest when an unknown alien probe attacks Earth, cutting a destructive swath and killing millions of people. On the way back, however, Captain Archer is kidnapped by the Sulban. He is angry with the Sulban leader, Silic, thinking he is responsible for the attack, but Silic professes ignorance. Silic's sponsor, a vague and shadowy holographic human figure, gives Archer information about the temporal Cold War and the race that attacked Earth. There's been an attack on Earth. What do you mean, attack? Probe. They don't know where it came from. It fired a weapon that cut a swath 4,000 kilometers long. The Expanse. You know, uh, this being the season finale for season two, but really it's episode one of the Zindi arc. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder generations from now, assuming people are still watching Enterprise, which I hope they are you know i don't i don't think that you can talk about the expanse or the zindi arc without talking about 9-11 you know that's easy for us to remember that this was a direct response to that but decades from now maybe that won't be so obvious i don't know you know i watched the original series and i'm conscious of Vietnam in the in the background of certain episodes, but this is uh, unprecedented for Star Trek. This is this is an entire season with an attempt to do one storyline. And we've talked about how, in some ways, this is more modern. But it's it's weird because when we get into season three, it's going to be more like what you would expect, you know, the 2003-2004 era version of what we today think of modern television. But obviously this was the plan right here in The Expanse. Um, Enterprise technically premiered, you know, a a matter of weeks after 9-11, but obviously these things take a while to kind of uh, percolate, you know, to, to find their way into, into uh, creative endeavors. But, you know, when we see shots like, you know, we, like this, this scene where Tripp is talking to Reed and Reed's talking about, you know, they had a memorial a couple months ago. Interesting that makes it clear how, just how long it took them to get back to earth. Um, but they had a memorial a couple months ago. 
you think, and by the time they finished up revising up the casualties here, say 7 million, 4,000 kilometer swath and 7 million people. I try to remind myself about that every time, like let's say by the time we get into season three, and I remember feeling uh, very weary eventually of just how angry Archer is all the time. But the truth is, if you think about 7 million people on Earth killed in, in a matter of seconds, um, that is something that would basically be with the planet forever. Mm-hmm. Sure. In, the, in the way that on a much smaller scale, 9-11 will be with America, the United States forever. But th- that, w- that would be like, I don't know. World World War Two or something that is just a defining event forever, mm-hmm. not even for a couple of generations. But it would it would be so huge, and that's how that's why the, the teaser. It's it's neat looking. I hate to say something's cool when it's depicting mass murder, but mm-hmm. it looks kind of cool. Um, but I always felt like, for as neat as it looks, it somehow undersells it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the lines later that you look back and like, holy crap, yeah. 4,000 kilometers from, what, what, I don't know, Florida to South America or something absurd. I don't remember. You know, 7 million, million people, 7 million people. That's so nuts. Um, and it, it does seem like the opening teaser for as neat as it is, I think it would have been, if it, if it had sold it better, it would have made the whole episode more powerful. I don't remember seeing that opening teaser the first time I ever saw this episode and thinking, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't remember thinking that. I certainly didn't think it when I watched it you know, today. Um, Do you think if they might have, like, say, had the laser go through the city of Miami, it would have had a little bit more impact? I think that the only way to, the only way I could think of to do it would be <laughs> beyond their budget for the entire entire season of Enterprise, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like full on Hollywood nuttiness, you know. You, right. you would you would set the episode up with with normal characters, maybe even uh, Trip's sister, you know, somebody so you have some reason to care about them, even though you've never seen them for just a brief moment. Um, I gotcha. And then real a lot more because here it's just like low-res computer graphics of water splashing is what it feels like, mm-hmm. you know. They, 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 there's a shot later uh, when Trip and Reed are kind of just standing out there looking at this crevice. And um, they, they try to put a little bit in there, but it's still, I don't feel like it ever really sells the mass horror of what has transpired. Um, so, I mean, well, I'm, I don't think it's in this episode, but when we see... Um when we see trip having his going through his nightmares, I believe it's in the next episode. I mean, it gets a little bit more real. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if, if we, if we just, if we think of this as, as Star Trek's response to nine 11, then it puts it in a little bit more perspective. Um, I don't, I, I think that, uh, it's just a lot more effective when I look at it like that. Um, I find it more interesting when I think of it that way, but I do wonder if, without that, it's as, if it is as effective. And decades from now, are people going to connect these? Because maybe they won't. You know, in this country, I'm certain they're still going to remember 9/11, but will they watch The Expanse and think of it as, you know, Star Trek's response? I don't know. But anyway, I've, I've kind of gone off on that 
tangent for a while. Um, this was well, crazy. We knew at the time. I don't remember why. But maybe there was an interview in a magazine or something. But we knew that they were planning for this to be some big mm-hmm. serial thing. Um, what what were you guys? Do you guys remember? Did that seem like a big deal, or did it not really make, start to take shape for you until the third season? Um, I think for me, it started to take shape more in the third season, but it did. I mean, it was, a, it was different. It was definitely much, you know, something that Star Trek hadn't done before. I mean, you know, you were talking about, you know, we just kind of watched debatably watched the last episode of the actual planned Star Trek enterprise or enterprise series. And so, I mean, of all the other series, none of them ever made this kind of turn or this kind of drastic change, um, to the series and it's it takes a totally different feel not only character wise but i mean just star trek in general this next season um so i think that was what kind of bothered me a little bit well i'm I'm sure that to an extent this isn't just hey let's do a 9-11 allegory to an extent this was a response to the show's comparatively lower ratings you know, for a network show or whatever, it was, you know, for a cable show, it would have been gangbuster numbers, but that wasn't the situation at the time. Um, but compared to Next Gen, DS9, and even Voyager, I think that the ratings here were still, you know, not where they needed them to be, especially for such an expensive show to produce. So part of this was just a response of changing things up for the purpose of, you know, hoping to get more viewers. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, you know, right around that time, you know, I think what, um, 24 was pretty popular and that television was kind of starting to change. You kind of mentioned that a little bit before about, and maybe that was just part of it, you know? Well, 24 premiered the same time as Enterprise. They have both had their first seasons in the same season. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure 24 was doing much better by this point than say Yeah, 24 was doing really well. Yeah, I I remember hearing about this was going to happen, and I thought it was interesting. I thought I was kind of looking forward to something different, you know, and this was, I mean, uh, I thought it was cool. And as we've kind of spoken before, I mean, not to to make it sound like, uh, you know, because it wasn't. Enterprise, generally speaking, it's not some kind of revolutionary TV series, but they were right at that point where it's a good example of here's older TV, here's older TV, here's newer TV, and that, and this is very, I mean, you know, can't get any more demarcated than halfway through the series, this happens, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, to talk about this episode more specifically, um, this is a good episode. It's a, it's a little bit, I like that they spend so much time uh, setting everything up. I like that we don't actually get into the Expanse really you know in the last few seconds maybe we're just starting it um i think that it that helps sell it uh in the scale and scope of the thing i think all these years later and having watched say this entire series what did i say this is my third time watching enterprise uh this episode is still effective in that after this sort of slow burn of setting it up when the episode ended i wanted to watch the next episode mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah so too, it's kind of like it's kind of like a pseudo cliffhanger i mean you know it's not like um you know are they going to die or not but i mean you know they're going into the cloud and they've kind of set this expanse up as you know 
like the Bermuda Triangle, anything can happen. Um, so I do remember it. It's I get it is kind of a cliffhanger. I would I shouldn't say pseudo. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. You don't even get to you know they're just they're just entering the cloud burst, and um, that's it. You have to wait. You have to wait till you have to wait at the time. You had to wait three months, three or four months. Yeah. I like, uh, there was a moment, you know, one of the things that struck me as a little bit different that I don't, that I didn't think another in the past. Um, right as Archer's about to leave for the expanse, leave, leave Earth, and for, Admiral Forrest says to him, I could tell you there are a lot of people counting on you, but I don't have to. You already know that. It was some, something like that. It was the first time I thought about Admiral Forrest. He's, he's going back. <laughs> To Starfleet. Now, I don't know if uh, obviously the attack is public knowledge, mm-hmm. um, but what Archer discovered about its origins, I don't know if they made that public or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but Forrest knows. So even if we don't talk about everybody else, but just think about Forrest going back here and he's just going to, you know, live out his life, go, go to work every day, go to sleep at night, just thinking about. There is an entire species, and it turns out to be more than one species, but he doesn't know that, uh, working on a follow-up weapon to the one they sent us last week that was pretty effective, or you know, a few months ago, it was pretty effective, with the, you know, the goal of destroying the planet and killing us all. And I can't do anything about it. I sent one ship, the one ship I got that can go there. <laughs> I sent that ship. They're out there working. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Now imagine if the entire planet happens to know this. How do people just go on with their lives without just mm. living in complete fear? It's the first time I kind of thought about what it's like back home, you know. And and, and yes, you can also you can still have you can make comparisons to um, us after nine eleven or after any kind of thing like that or whatever. Um, but it I it also I took it one step further and I thought maybe there was a missed opportunity here. Uh, for an episode they could have had in the middle of season three or something. I don't know. Um, but, you know, because we're not going to... We, I'm pretty sure we don't see Forrest again until... I don't think we see him at all during all of season three, the whole Zindi arc. I don't think we ever go back to Earth. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I should have looked that up. But I don't think we see Forrest again until, like, season four. Um, so, I mean, there is the Klingon storyline, which... It, sounds like from the previous discussion of uh, the bounty that none of us particularly care about. Um, it does feel a little bit like, yeah, I've seen this before, not just on this show, but probably on other shows. With the exception of some s- amazing visual effects shots, those shots in the cloud as the three Klingon birds of prey are attacking Enterprise, those were beautiful. Those were really great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was impressed with them too. I That, that almost made it worth the why are they doing this in these two episodes <laughs> yeah i decided to watch this one on my 15 foot screen at <laughs> my private theater <laughs> that 15 feet by the way that's that's the height of the screen so the diagonal is much bigger than that mm. right <laughs> but those shots looked beautiful on a on a full movie screen let me tell you i mean you know it was i think it was the first time i kind of felt like the enterprise the NX was a badass ship because up until this point, you know, they just oh, had yeah. the little the little rockets that fired out, you know, and, th- <laughs> and this and this they had actually had photon torpedoes. Photon and, torpedoes, first mm-hmm. used by uh, a Starfleet vessel. Yeah, pretty cool. 
you get to hear the actual sound, the photon torpedo sound. So um, yeah. I'd agree with you, Brian. Those were um, those were some really cool effects, and it was um, yeah, they did some cool stuff with the the Enterprise, and so yeah, that and kind of made it worth it. it kind of made Ross me and blowing up his ship. Yeah, it kind of made it worth it for me going for the first half of the episode going, why are they doing this? Why is, why is this in the episode? But that made it worth it. Steve. Um, yes. How was, how, how was this episode versus your memory of it? Um, I'd say it's, it's comparable. I mean, I, I remembered the premise. I remember what it was. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I was neither um, disappointed nor um, surprised in a positive fashion with it. I, I like it. I think it's. I think it's fun. It's. It's interesting. Not fun's bright bad. Given, but it's. 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 Yeah. It's entertaining and uh, exciting. You want to. You want to move on. You want to see what happens next. Um, it's. I think it's interesting that time passes during the episode it's interesting that you see yeah, the, the always like that that's one of those weird little things that we specifically like and i never hear anybody else talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, you know like how maybe if they started doing like every tv show in every episode i guess at that point it would get tiresome but uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah every show is three years long now but the uh the um yeah and it's interesting that you see the at least the beginnings of these these major Im- these impacts to people's personality where you get character development. I mean, where, where Tucker is, okay, he's, he's, he's jaded. He's pissed, you know, he's, uh, he's, yeah, they're really trying to do give, give each, they even gave more, of course, the show, I guess the show ran long and they cut some scenes like with, with Hoshi and stuff, but yeah. you know, they definitely go out of their way to give every character, you know, something. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, versus yeah. it just being like, oh, we got to go take care of business. Let's here we go. Get her done or some stupid. You know, they, they they make it real, you know, and it's and it's good. Well, what's this episode about? Um, it has a little bit of loyalty in it. I mean, we didn't talk about the DePaul Archer scenes. Um, yeah, I like those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she feels an overwhelming loyalty. Uh, I, I don't think just to Archer, but I think to the crew and the ship in general. And, you know, you could, um, you can broaden that, um, Archer, you know, feels loyalty to his home planet, obviously. And he wants to do everything that he can to find out what's going on. Um, those are some of the things that I took from it. Steve. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's this, this huge weight that few of us can understand. We kind of already alluded to this notion of, you know, go, going out and, taking care of, you know, doing your duty to take care of something to protect. I mean, we, we, few of us have any kind of anything close to protecting some huge group, huge group of people like our own, our own country or the world, of course. But, you know, we do know what it's like to, um, have something happen to, to someone we care about or something like that and have to go take care of business or whatever, or at least we imagine it at the very least. I, I, you know, seeing how, how everyone reacts to that. And I don't know that that's what it's like for me. I, guess. I liked, um, the Archer has a scene with uh forest where he says, I think only eight or nine people are going to choose not to go on this mission. I like that. There actually are a few people. I like mm-hmm. that. Every, it's clear that, that everyone has had to think about this and, and just make and decide how they're going to react to this. And, um, you know, you got to imagine everybody. I mean, that many people 
killed, everybody's got to know somebody or at least know mm-hmm. somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I actually – I didn't know anyone or even know anyone that knew anyone that died in 9-11. Until I didn't I met, either. No. Until I met my wife. Mm. Uh, one of her um, old bosses, actually the same company she worked for, transferred. And they, they had uh, offices in one of the towers and her boss in L.A. did a transfer to that – to the tower and, and that was her mm. – that, that woman died. Um, yeah, so I guess I – you know, eventually, even then, I still I did meet someone that knew someone, right? Um, but you got to imagine this many people. Everybody's got to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to have lost something, um, and that would be hard. Maybe your family needs you then, or something, or maybe you're maybe it's just frightening to go out of that expanse or whatever. I like mm-hmm. I like that clearly everyone had thought about it, and I like that there were. It wasn't like silly. You know, bravado, Starfleet. Everyone's got no. He said there were eight or nine people. That's a small number, but that's mm-hmm. still a few people. You know, that made it yeah. more real. It's a small crew. It's like ten percent. I mean, it's yeah. You know. There's eighty-two. I think he said when he had that little discussion with Trip. When he was like, I, you know, I used to be responsible just for eighty-two people. Now I feel like I'm responsible mm-hmm. for the whole world. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, it, it sounds like we like this episode, and it's generally good. But it's definitely effective the way it's trying to be, it needs to be, which is to set up this season three storyline. Um, so, like I said, it made me excited to watch the next episode. So it'll be interesting. You said you didn't like angry Captain Archer in season three. I didn't so. like the... I didn't like... Um, I didn't like how angry he was how often i mean it just seemed like all he did for an entire season was shout right you know and and maybe i'm remembering that wrong i hope that that's not how i feel this time through um maybe in hd i'll be able to see like his face (laughs) oh he wasn't really as angry as i thought (laughs) there's a little smirk there i didn't see it before you know um so He's probably going to be definitely. He's probably definitely going to be pretty angry in the first couple episodes. We'll see. You have to like give it a little bit of time. See if he see if he settles down you know, a little I, bit. Hey, I I am I'm, I'm only human. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a part of me that that sees injustice and wants to respond in some <laughs> visceral way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my brain stops me. Um, that's the difference between I don't know. That you know, politics or something, you can think about different ways that different people respond to things. Um, so I feel something like this scene when, when, when Tripp says to Archer, Promise me that we're not going out there to tiptoe around. And Archer says, We'll do what we have to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, I like that almost old West sensibility or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Let's do six degrees for the expanse. Uh, scores one to one. Steve went first last time. Adam, I'll go first. first second, you'll go first. Okay. Bruce Wright plays the Vulcan Farad that really wants to psychoanalyze Archer. In DS9's fourth season, he played Sarish Rez, the first minister's assistant in the episode Crossfire. Odo feels a bit jealous of the first minister since he and Kira are having a thing. What was the first minister's name? This is the guy that they rescued in a previous episode. So it's Shakar? 
you you're right. It was Shakar. Uh, Steve, this was James Horan's James Horan's final appearance as future guy, counting Broken Bow as one episode. And how many episodes did Future Guy appear? Was it four, five, or six? Mm, four. Uh, no, Adam. <laughs> I shouldn't give it to you since there's like two choices. Um, five? Yes, it was five. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, very quickly, let's do a season two uh, recap. I can't believe we made it through season two. Now I'm, I'm glad uh, we're starting this, the, the 2016 off, this, this being the official year where Star Trek is going to turn 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrapping up season two here, just a couple episodes so we can get into this. Season three and two weeks. Uh, but looking back on season two, um, Car- Carbon Creek is just a, a feel-good kind of episode for me. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way. Um, a Night in Sick Bay, I liked a lot. Um, Precious Cargo might be my all-time worst episode of any Star Trek show ever. No, I should rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I think I dislike Precious Cargo more than any other hour of Star Trek. That's fair. I, yeah. Um, but let's let's be make a positive list here. Um, yeah, Carbon Creek, Night in Sick Bay, um, Stigma, the AIDS allegory. That that was a, a very good episode. Very good. Um, Regeneration and First Flight were both excellent. I'm sure I'm missing something in here. But... Um, yeah, out of those, um, I liked all the episodes that you mentioned. I liked The Breach, too. I enjoyed that episode. Uh, crap. Which one was The Breach? That's one where Flox has to deal with um, his nemesis, I guess. The, this yes. Movie. Okay, yeah. 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 Steve, any, anything else stick out to you? Uh, that, uh, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with what you mentioned. Um, yeah, I, I think overall, more... There's a lot more, um, definitely like good, good episodes than the first season had, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But there were, like you said, there were some poor ones there, as well. There were some duds. Let's face it. Precious Cargo, Overall. though, is, is, is no, Precious, Precious Cargo. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's one of those that's, I don't know, it, it's really awful. Um, I don't know, in a very strange way. You know, I don't know. I can't decide if it's one of those you just flat never want to see again, or you'd like to kind of parody, or maybe put up some kind of laugh tracks type thing over it, or I don't know what <laughs> it, it would anything, something like that. But yeah, it's it's quite something. Well, uh, overall, regeneration was good. Yeah, I named that one next yeah, to first flight. Both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, what what do you feel like was the direction of this season? You know what? What? What do you say are the the main things that came out of this season? Well, I mean, you see, I think you see you see uh, some bonding happening. I mean, we've already seen this, but of course, to Paul with her loyalty to Archer, um, and and the and certain relationships. You know, you or that you see enough interactions that you can see, like okay, T'Pol, T'Pol and Flocks have something because they're the aliens. They their interactions are always so good. You, and also you learn more background on a number of characters. We had, yeah. you know, we had Mayweather's family. We had Flocks and his wife. We had, yeah. um, 
some history and background on, on just different individuals, that kind of thing. That usually doesn't happen historically in Star Trek until later in the series. Well, it's a good thing they did it now because there's not as much opportunity, but uh, that definitely was going on in the season. You got a lot of backstory in First Flight. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I like how we saw, you know, Archer kind of starts to realize his actions have consequences, the things that he's doing out there. He starts to realize that he can't just do whatever he wants. Um, or if he does take certain actions, he recognizes that it, you know, there's yeah. going to have meaning. A lot of that stuff with the uh, with the Klingons, that's what it was, you know. Yeah. All right, so yeah. <clears throat> said makes me, you know, I want to. I'm looking forward to watching season three. That's going to yep, be yep. Cool. starting that in two weeks. Very cool. Oh, hey, right. since we were what, since we were talking about 9-11, I watched The the Walk last night. Um, I thought it was a pretty good movie about the towers. So That's the new that, that Bob Zemeckis movie? Or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I wish there was I a documentary a, a couple of years back about that. Too, no, right? no it's, yeah, it's the Robert Zemeckis movie. So, I mean, um, you know, it's not like, oh, my God, movie. But I kind of wish I would have seen it in the theater because it, it's visually mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So, I think it was but, shot in 3D, and uh, yeah, I missed it in theaters. Actually, well. no. I don't think it was. No. Unlike, I no. know Bob Zemeckis is like a 3D nut, but I don't think it was actually shot. I think it was post-converted. Oh. Yeah, it was post-converted. I watched the special features. They shot it single and then did yeah. a post-conversion. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you really want to get a good look at the towers and kind of a really nice feel-good story about those buildings, it's a good movie. Cool. All right, folks. We will be back in two weeks to uh, kick off Enterprise's third season. I am very excited about 2016 and what it's got in store. I'm excited to go through seasons three and four of Enterprise, and I am excited, incredibly excited, for us to uh, be starting uh, our reviews of Star Trek, the original series. I said that like that's its official name, like that's what they called it in 1966. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Knight in 1966, Star Trek, the original series. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited for us to start watching the original Star Trek. Uh, and our hopefully our first discussion lands right there on the 50th anniversary of the first week of September. So looking forward to that. I'm actually planning to ask my son, because he'll be five at that time. And I'll say, I'm going to see... I think that he might be. I, mean, I think he might enjoy the original series. I'm gonna try it. We'll see. Enterprise would still be uh, a little bit too much for him, but maybe the original series. I think you could do it. I think so. So an exciting year. I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and everything we've got going. So thank you again for spending an hour with us. And um, uh, let's see. You can follow us on Facebook. That's Facebook.com/slash/TrekCompanion. Our Twitter handle is. Uh, at Trek Companion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. So uh, until next time, thanks again and take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.